Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au On relay to stations throughout Australia, a big welcome to World of Food Bites. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, uh, today in the woodchop arena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how was that? You know, wood chips flying left, right, and oh, sorry, I Hello digress. And <laughs> welcome to Food Bites. It's a version of Food Bites that had us that's had us uh, go down Nostalgia Avenue mm. uh, in a in an open car because <laughs> no. we've just been uh, because our guest is Sandy Roberts. Yeah, and Sandy is um, a one of the great blokes, but B there's just so many things that he was involved with, mostly world of sport, that just floods so many things back into your head. Absolutely. So many sports and sporting events oh, he was a part of. I mean, the Olympics took, yep. coverage, racing, football, golf. everything. Yeah. Golf is huge in golf. Yeah. Uh, but world of sport <laughs> was, a, was a world of its own. How how was it that nobody had their eye taken out by those flying wood chops <laughs> when the O'Toole brothers came in and did the wood chop? Or a random bicycle <laughs> falling sideways <laughs> off those rollers that happened every third week. And the hot dot... Um, handball championship oh. with Lou and Doug Wade and Peter McKenna just chucking footballs across the studio to one another and One of my favourite, and I think it's on YouTube, one of my favourite moments, I've seen it on uh, Best Ofs that they've run different times, and, and it's a bloke who I, I wouldn't know from Adam and I, I don't know if he's still with us, I, I assume he probably isn't, um, but one day, <laughs> and it used to be around about that one o'clock mark on a Sunday, sort of, it was just, I reckon I reckon the four or five beers that they'd had started to kick in and they started to get a little bit sloppier. And Ron, as Ron did, <laughs> was, was before Sandy, Ron through to uh, the next segment. So he went, and now here with the soccer segment, here's Fred de Villiers. <laughs> And they cut to the thing and there's no Fred. There's, <laughs> empty seat. It's like an empty seat and it's the loneliest thing you'll ever see. And then you just see this bloke tiptoe across as if no one can see him, as if he's invisible, yeah. and Fred de Villiers goes and pops behind the chair and goes, yes, well, uh, Juventus last night had a 2-0 win over. Like nothing ever happened. Yes, and, it was just, and you could hear all the blokes in the background just killing themselves I think laughing. Sandy describes it as organised chaos and that was the appeal, yep. wasn't it? You just don't see real, t- you know, you've got reality TV, but this was real TV. Well, it's also staged now, unfortunately. Yeah. It was that, that just happened because they were off screen having a, a beer wreck. and a pie. Yeah, it was good. Uh, so oh, Sandy's, our, Sandy's our guest um, and uh, he's going to tell us some, uh, I promise, I promise some absolutely yeah. great stories about behind the scenes at the world of sport mm. and other things as well. Mm. Uh, but we're here, of course, with thanks to our very good friends at Cheese Links. Cheese Links. And the Petra Orange Juice. <laughs> and um, the Valentine's Chocolate. Yes. See, you could have had, you could have had uh, Cheese Links on gone. And now... Del Monte suits look good, feel oh, good, are good. Oh, goodness <laughs> me. Cheeselinks.com.au. Sorry, Janet. Um, look, you can get a little parcel together. You can have a, a voucher in it. You can have a yogurt maker. Mm. You can have some of the ingredients you'll need to make your own cheese and put it all oh, together. the equipment. Yeah. And and wheel it out on Mother's Day like a world of sport thing and then pass them across the table. Give like mum that. a cheese platter for Mother's Day. Nothing Impressive. says I love you more than a cheese platter. Cheese platter and a nice sticky. Sticky what? You know. For what? Like a glass of port. Oh. <laughs> or a toque. <laughs> 
I think it was Tim Webster that got us on to The show started badly and hasn't got better, has it really? Oh, speak for yourself. <laughs> Cheeselinks.com.au, Facebook and all the other social media platforms. Please give Janet a buzz. That telephone number, I'll need you to give that. Uh, 52821984. Zero three outside Melbourne. All right. Let's get to our guest. We've <laughs> talked so much about him in our food, uh, Friday food poll this week is the biggest one ever, oh, I think. It's the exploded. biggest one ever. But here's one of the great guests ever on Food Bites, Sandy Roberts. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au. How are you, Sandy Roberts? Are you good? Kev, I'm very well. Retirement suits me perfectly. <laughs> we miss seeing your face on the uh, on the telly. Where do we find you these days? Uh, look, I, I've got a few acres there, which I really love. Having been brought up on the land and um, sort of always owned land, I I still love it. So, but this is just a few acres, and I just potter around. Um, I've been busy during COVID, building things like raised garden beds <laughs> and stone walls, retaining walls. But I love it. Are you good at it? No, I wouldn't say I'm brilliant at the stone walls, Kevin, but um, <laughs> uh, I'm not bad on the raised bed, and uh, I've also put up a shade house. Oh. So, look, it's, it's a learning curve, as you would be aware, <laughs> and uh, I'm getting there. If you're pottering around, you said you've got some uh, chooks you're pottering there with. You, you can probably hear one of them just then. <laughs> They're right at my feet as we speak. What's she doing now? <laughs> She spins the feed, little feed container, and it, it's cylindrical, and they can, they've worked out with chooks, there you go, they, how to spin it 360 degrees. <laughs> so they're more intelligent than I gave them credit for, actually. <laughs> the chooks are probably saying the same thing about you, Sandy. So do, exactly. Do, do, <laughs> is, is, I mean, obviously you eat your own eggs and do all that sort of stuff. Is it a sort of a, a yep. sustainable little farm that you've got going on? The land's not conducive to, say, running stock. So, you know, you can't grow meat or anything like that. But And I'm not going to kill my chooks. So, no, it's a hobby. Uh, the veggies and the fruit that I grow, my passion fruit's looking very good. My strawberries, excellent. And my cucumber, not good at all. Oh, well. Oh, right. Can't have everything. But I mean, it sounds like you've got plenty of raw materials there to work with. So how would you rate yourself in the kitchen? Uh it depends who you spoke to, Sarah. Uh, if you talk to my wife, she would probably give me a very average mark. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. Uh, my job every Wednesday night is to cook a roast, oh. which I do, and I enjoy that. Uh, what else? I, I don't do a lot of. I don't do a lot of cooking. I can make a very good piece of toast in the morning. <laughs> probably not a lot more than that. But I, I you know, I don't. Dislike it. I don't dislike it. I, I love barbecues, and uh, I think I can do them quite successfully. So um, I wait for summer for those, and in the meantime, it's once a week with a roast. Beautiful, Sandy. You sound very relaxed, like you don't miss the uh, frenetic uh, pace of, of television at all. Sarah, I don't miss it one bit. <laughs> um, I think after something like forty years. I, even now, I find it hard to imagine me wanting to and doing it. In other words, getting up on a Saturday afternoon and driving to Geelong to Cadinia Park to do a game on Saturday night, turning around at 11 o'clock at night and driving all the way back home. I thought, did I actually do that? 
yeah. you know, for, for all those years. And like, I thought it might be a major culture shock when I did retire. And, you know, people do have difficulties, you know, adjusting. Well, I've, I've had none of that. You know, it's just been, and I'm a firm believer that when you finish, you finish. Don't hang on and don't hang around. And one thing I did do, I, I scaled down slowly. I, you know, I finished my television work, but I still did radio for a few years, doing footy on for Croc Media and that just to, just to keep my hand in and give me something to do, you know, one game a week. But, you know, that was just to basically ease out. Um, you did uh, Olympic Games. I think you did eight Summer Olympic Games mm. and three Winter Olympic Games. You did, you know, uh, uh, absolute thousands of, uh, of footy games and, you know, you did the golf and you did – I mean, you did everything. Well, what was the one – what was your favourite? I mean, uh, for Bruce, I think it's horse racing and, and footy. What is it for you? Oh, Kevin, that's a very good question. I, I think probably it would be – I mean, the Olympic Games are a standalone thing. Like, you know, it's probably every broadcaster's dream to cover a games because it's just two, two or three weeks and the adrenaline's just pumping 24 hours a day. But as far as the sports are concerned, my two favourites would have been golf and Aussie rules. I loved golf. And the other thing, Kev, we were fortunate enough at seven to have the sports that I really like, you know, like, Football and golf. Golf was fantastic. If you go back to those early years when Greg Norman was just drawing these magnificent crowds to Huntingdale for the Masters, we covered things like President's Cup, British Open, uh, the US Open. Uh, you know, we the only thing that we didn't have the rights for in golf was the US Masters because Packer, it was one of his passions and he made sure that Nine had the rights for that for a very long time. So... I mean, to be able to go to, say, Royal Troon and cover a British Open or to go to Brookline in Massachusetts and do see Curtis Strange win back-to-back US Opens, uh, they're just great memories. And it's such a thrill and a, an honour to be able to have the opportunity of being in that, in that front seat yeah. at those sort of sporting events. I mean... Um, you're just you're just really lucky, I think. Yeah, it's a bit, and it's a bit more glamorous than Saturday afternoon in the mud at Moorabbin. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> but having said that, having said that, I think I always said that the one of the greatest moments in sport is when you're at the MCG and everybody stands for the national anthem prior to the opening bounce of a grand final. I just think there's there's really nothing like that, and then the roar of the crowd with that opening bounce and away you go. That that's just a fantastic moment. I mean, you could you could say the same thing. It's a bit like Flemington with the Melbourne Cup when they they come down the straight for the first time, and it, there's just this massive roar. You know, it's just it amazes me how horses don't get spooked. They're, they're just sort of wonderful moments. Yeah, back in ye olden days of, uh, of Channel 7 in uh, Dorcas Street, yeah. South Melbourne. How far back do we want to go, Sarah? <laughs> well, I'll go back to the early to mid-80s because that's when what? I remember as a kid um, what, settling in. No, I remember settling <laughs> in of a Sunday morning for World of Sport. I absolutely loved it and I loved the oh, chaos yeah. of it. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and I just wonder what are your observations of how television back then and compared to TV now, how telly has changed? Oh, it's very, very different, Sarah. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget 
when I came over, Ron, Ron Casey hired me after the 1980 Olympic Games, and uh, I came over from South Australia, and um, he asked me to take over hosting World of Sport, which he'd done for since, what, 1956. Mm. <laughs> that was one of the thrills of my life. But uh, on that first day, uh, World of Sport went to air at uh, what was it, the, the 11 o'clock till 2, I think, and um, I'd get in there early. Uh, because I also had to do a show called Junior Supporters Club with yeah. Kevin Barlow. Yeah, yeah, Peter Landy did it before that too. I was a member of the yeah. Junior Supporters Club, yep. Yeah, that's right. And then I I had an hour off to prepare for World of Sport. And so my first day, I finished Junior Supporters Club and Ron Casey rings me and he said, would you mind coming upstairs to his office? I said, oh, God, what now? <laughs> because, you know, I was nervous, like doing this show with, Jack Dyer and Lou Richards there. I mean, th- these were people that I just looked up to. I mean, I, I couldn't believe I was there. So uh, I went up and um, Jack Dyer was there. Lou was there. Uncle Doug was there. Mm. Bill Collins was there. And Ron was there. And then I went and the first thing Ron said, what would you like to drink? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a bit after 10 o'clock. <laughs> I said, Ron, uh, and they're, they're sitting there, I mean, he, he'd drink a scotch or whatever. Uh, I said, no, no, I'm fine. He said, what will you have to drink? <laughs> so, uh, I, in the end, I said, I'll just have one of what you're having, Ron. So I think he just wanted to settle me down. But that, that in a way, sums up world of sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was organised chaos. There was a, Gordon Bennett was the producer, and, and he had this saying that we were the only program on air in Australian television that could be 15 minutes late after 10 minutes. <laughs> I mean, you just couldn't wind up some of these people. These you know, dear old Uncle Doug and Jack and Lou had started Barney together. and There was no stopping them. So mm. it was just wonderful to work with those people. Um, uh, Louie was, I think, probably has done more for the game than just about anyone. He was fantastic and fantastic to work with, but impossible to call with because you'd have your call sheet and we'd do the Army Reserve Cup on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. He'd have his, you'd have each, we'd each have our call sheet, uh, you know, down in front of us, and um, Edna would, his wife would make uh, coffee, and without fail, he would spill it just about every week. <laughs> and over all the names that go all spidery on the call sheet. Oh, yes. yes, yes. And you, and you hadn't seen Spiro Malakalis play before, so you were, uh, you know. Correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We had another one one day, Kevin. I was calling with Peter McKenna and Don Scott, and it was at the Lake Oval. Now, at the Lake Oval in those days, uh, you had a reasonably high fence, not not on the actual oval, but around the, not not on the ground, around the whole precinct, and the toilets were outside. Mm. So um, if you wanted to go, you just had to shoot out the back, go through the gate. In other words, you were then out of the ground and off the toilet. So on this occasion, Peter McKenna took his cans off and displayed that he was just going to go to the toilet. No, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> In the meantime, I can't remember who it was, but someone ran into an open goal and um, kicked a goal. So we went back to the centre and a moment later, Pete McKenna returns and 
so which had gone on either side of the set him up. Pete, just take our listeners once again through that unbelievable <laughs> goal that we saw just a few moments ago. <laughs> uh, so he, he was a bit mystified. But the other thing that happened with the Army Reserve was that every Monday morning, Ron Casey would uh, have a debrief on the weekend. And it got to the stage where he'd call Gornet Bennett in and he'd say, what are those idiots doing now down at the Lake Oval? <laughs> <laughs> Meaning myself, John Scott, and Peter McKenna. Um, but it was good fun. It was good fun. Yeah. I'm I'm interested in in Edna making the coffee. I'm assuming that was the instant variety. Are you still a coffee drinker, Sandy? And have your tastes uh, changed since then? No. Well, Louis drank coffee. I was dead set tea drinker. Ah. Um, the Irish breakfast just about all my life. And anyway, someone offered me a coffee. Oh, at the footy. At the footy, they bought in baristas mm. a couple of years ago uh, into the press area. And so I thought, oh, I'll try one. <laughs> so now I'd probably have half a dozen coffees a week, oh. uh, I suppose. So I just just a late bloomer as far as drinking coffee was oh, concerned. there you go. Yeah. Uh, you no, got a, have you got a sweet tooth, Sandy? Are you one of those people who sort of, you know, in the, in the press room went for the lolly jar? <laughs> no, no, I'm not, but... Um, my wife would be. Don't worry. She loves anything, anything with chocolate on it, or it just comes into the house and it somehow disappears <laughs> very quickly. Yes. Um, but no, I'm not a major sweet tooth. I'd have a say a small teaspoon of sugar in a in a coffee. You said you you grew up on a on a farm. Um, what what are your memories yep. of um what you uh, ate as a child? What did uh, what did mum serve up? Oh, heck, good question, Sarah. <laughs> um, I used to love chocolate sloppy pudding. Oh, that's what that's what we called it. But I think now is it a self sourcing chocolate yeah, pudding? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. magic. Those ones, yeah, outstanding. Uh, one thing I absolutely love, also loved, was steam puddings, usually with uh, covered in apricot jam or cooked oh, with apricot yeah. jam in the base, and lovely. Uh, and because we lived on a farm, we killed our own meat, so we we. Ate, you know, quite a bit of lamb and uh, whether they be roasts or chops or things like that. Um, and in those days, it was the old barbecue. Like, you didn't have a gas bottle. You went and found the wood, hoped the wind wasn't too strong, and you'd light the light the fire, let it heat up towards coals, and then you'd put your grill over the top and hope that the old man didn't burn the chop. <laughs> Sandy, um, do people still um, stop you in the street and want to talk about the TV days? And, and if so, uh, what do they want to talk about the most? Yeah, people still do. Not as much now because I've I found that once you're off, you get forgotten pretty quickly. Right? You know, you move on because someone's taking your place. So, you know, like if it wasn't me, then it's now Tim Watson. Well, that, that's fine. I, I've got no, no worries about that at all. And then the other one you get is, um, oh, look, sorry to bother you, but I'm sure I went to school with you. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that, is that right? Where, where do you think you went to school with me? Uh, Broken Hill? <laughs> no, well, you know, I went to school in Adelaide, so there was no – you get those yeah. sort of ones where they, yeah. they think they know you, which is nice because I suppose that's one thing television does. It, it almost makes you part of people's family because you're in the lounge room five or six nights a week and they're just sitting there having their dinner or just watching you. So they think they know you 
and I, I like that. I think it's, you know, mm-hmm. I like the familiarity, but um, I'm also now, like I'm a person that's probably pretty happy just with my own company when I'm out on the land. Hey, Sandy, if you had a dinner party and you could invite anyone and you've met, you've, you know, you've met all the sporting big names over the years and, and, and outside sport as well, but if you could have a dinner party at home, invite anybody, dead or alive, who would you have? Um, right, Kevin. Uh, I would invite uh, Jack Nicholas uh, because I just think he's a, an outstanding, not only an outstanding golfer, an outstanding man. And I'm showing my bias here because another one, I won't make them all golfers, but Arnold Palmer mm. was another one. At this very stage, I'd probably invite Tiger Woods to try and get the truth as to what happened with his accident. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, that's a really interesting one. Um, let me see. <laughs> I'd probably invite, uh, uh, there was a gentleman by the name of Jim Mackay that I met at a Winter Olympics, I think in Sarajevo, and he was an absolute gentleman. So, uh, uh, I, he, and he had enormous experience with Olympics and, and sport broadcasting. So he would, uh, I could pick his brain, I think, for, for hours. How many am I allowed to have? As many as you <laughs> like. Oh, oh golly. Oh, we better settle here down. Forever. Well, you're, <laughs> you're, you're paying for it, so you can have as many as you like. <laughs> oh, gee. It'll be booming a roast and chocolate floppy. Um, <laughs> Would there be um, any from the world of sport days, like a Bill Collins or someone? Bill Collins was uh, outstanding, an absolute mm-hmm. professional, yes. Uncle Doug was a great <laughs> storyteller, so... I mean, he would be one that I would possibly ask because he he can regale the great stories, and he was he was mischievous. Like he would test you out. I always remember that one day on World of Sport, I had to do a, a car commercial, and in those days, you didn't have auto cue. You had these massive, great <laughs> idiot sheets. Now, <laughs> you know, they were huge, and uh, one of the guys on the floor would hold it and swap the sheets. Well. Doug did two things on separate occasions. One, he came over and I just started reading the first page and he got a cigarette lighter and he lit the bottom <laughs> of the idiot sheet. Yep. So I'm going along nicely and then all of a sudden I've had to sprint to the line, you know. <laughs> then another one, I'm sorry, sir, but this did happen. Doug was grotesquely obese but a wonderful, wonderful man. He could sell snow to the Eskimos without no problem at all. And on this particular day, he just ambled over and slowly undid his belt and dropped his pants. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh. and it, it, I can assure you, not a pretty sight. <laughs> but he, he'd have a lot to say too because he, I mean, he had a, a extraordinary life. He was involved in politics as well. And That's right. Just a, he was a great salesman, and like it was basically he and Bill and Ron who started World of Sport, and they actually uh, what they did they which you could do then, or well Ron did because he was the boss. You could buy the time. In other words, you could buy you could buy eleven o'clock through until two for World of Sport, and you'd pay. I don't know what you'd pay, but then you could sell it. Yep. So, you know, Ron and Doug got all their old cronies from car yards and, <laughs> you know, Ballantyne chocolates oh, and yeah. Tatra Orange Juice and, you know, like everywhere. 
and they did very well out of it. In, in fact, it got to the stage they did so well that the network then decided, well, hang on, I think we might have a price <laughs> yeah. of this pie. Yeah. So th- that did eventually come to an end. Um, now, who else will I invite? <laughs> uh, Bobby yeah. Skilton is a wonderful, wonderful oh, man. Yeah, is he ever. Um, uh, so he'd probably get a ticket. I'd also probably ask someone like a – well, there's a, there's a couple of cranky ones involved in – Different sports like tennis mm. and also golf. You know, you take someone like a Lee Trevino, who was a, an extraordinary character. And then uh, there was a very interesting tennis player uh, by the name of Roscoe Tanner. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big serving American. Came from, yeah, came from a little town called Lookout Mountain in Tennessee. And I'll never forget at Memorial Drive, he was playing, it must have been the South Australian Open that we were covering for the local station. As you said, Kev, big serving American. He came out for this, on this particular game was his serve and just went bang, 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 bang. Four aces, raised his hands in the air and walked to the chair. <laughs> you know, the crowd absolutely went nuts. Yeah. It was just just sad that unfortunately he's, um, his life has taken a pretty severe turn for the worst um, in recent times. And he's found himself, um, well... Put it this way, he's in an area where you don't go out very uh, much. I yeah. see, yeah. Yep. John McEnroe, I loved working with John. We worked for years in the bunker at the mm-hmm. Australian Open, and he was a fascinating character. We had in the bunker a, a little pencil camera that the producers wanted to put in there just to basically keep an eye on it. Anyway, John would come in probably a minute before every match would start, and he'd carry two polystyrene cups. <laughs> put them down, and off we'd go with the match. Every night we did that, he would bring in those two beers and they would last him for the match. And our dear old producers just thought, oh, yes, John's brought in a couple of coffees. That's nice. (laughs) But he was was great to work with. I mean, he he was an absolute professional. Um, He'd be a great guest because, you know, obviously the antics and the way he worked, psychologically with yeah. opponents over yeah. the years. You know, if you've got him and Jimmy Connors sitting up at one end of the table, God, that'd be outstanding. Oh, I reckon you'd be, be all set. That, that would be quite the, the gathering. Yeah, yeah. I, look, you could probably go on, but... Would you serve you know, pig? <laughs> roast pork. <laughs> would there what, be, a pig, a, would there be hey, a pig at full forward? Yeah, with a, with a four written on it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was. Plugger, plugger. Yeah, he wasn't overly wrapped in that initially, plugger. No, well, no, I can imagine you wouldn't. But he's, be. Um, he's mellowed over the years, <laughs> so he's all right. He certainly sure. is. Hey, um, hey, Sandy. We normally um, wrap up just by asking our guests um, if they have a uh, cooking tip or a kitchen tip. Do you have either of those? Oh golly. Um, well, it's not a cooking tip, but I'd say suggest to people they have a crack at. Growing their own vegetables. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a, a fair challenge. It's a great um, tip. I think it's, you know, it's it's rewarding when, when things work. Hey, Sandy, it's been lovely catching up with you, mate. Thank you so much for your time. Really have appreciated having a chat. It's been just terrific. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Nah, pleasure. Lovely to chat with you. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au
Sandy Roberts with some lovely, wonderful memories there. Takes of, uh, me right back. Yeah, it does. It does. It's fantastic. Thank yeah. you, Sandy. He was funny. Yeah, he was good. He was very so good. Sarah, Del- I don't miss it at all. <laughs> <laughs> lovely man. You didn't hear the greeting at the start of the of the conversation. Oh, uh, yeah. When we went, hello, Sandy, it's uh, Kevin Hillier and Sarah Patterson. Kevin Hillier, the Bulldog. Yes, oh. old mates. <laughs> no, it was good. Oh, we used to come to all the lunches yeah. because Channel 7 were doing the games yeah. at those grounds. Now, oh. our... Friday, Friday food. food bowl. This has gone off like a frog in a sock, hasn't Biggest it? Biggest one ever, I reckon. It's uh, jam donuts versus ice donuts. It's all very Homer Simpson, isn't it? It is very and much so. And it got so. a huge response. And you've mentioned Homer, and Homer will uh, bring us home on this oh, one. Oh, will he? Yes, he will. Uh, but we start from... <laughs> <laughs> Marcosaurus. Yes, Marcosaurus. And uh, this is to the tune of Isn't It a Lovely Day, <laughs> which you may have right. heard uh, on uh, on radio stations for a, a particular oh, okay. thing. Are you ready? Yeah. <coughs> oh, Everybody, Everybody loves, loves jam. jam. Even, even babies, babies in, in their pram. Even, even clowns when they're deadpan. Even a manta ray eating, eating a clam. Even an atheist driving a tram. Even a lumberjack leaning on a lamb. Even a Grinch with green eggs and ham. Everybody loves jam. <laughs> Thank you, Marcus. We absolutely murdered that. Marcus has just gone to the uh, top shelf of the liquor now cabinet. Now I've just forgotten after that if I'm orange or yellow. You're orange. Okay. Sue Hosking says jam, nice and hot with ice cream. Oh, yum. Even though I'm a sucker for a pineapple glazed donut too, icing gets a bit sickly after the first couple of bites. Don't get me started on the horrible lining you get in your mouth from uh, Krispy Kreme. Yeah, I have no idea it. what is so good about them. Artie Stevens from Radio Bayside. I would have to go jam. Donuts. I can't cop ice donuts of any kind, but here's the thing far too many put far too little jam Here. into their donuts. That's Here. true. It needs to be a big gooey bit of strawberry, raspberry or blackberry jam too. And Silvana said, mm, it's a hard one. I do love both. So chocolate iced jam donuts. Nothing like a bit of creative all in thinking. One. Kerry says, my very, very favourite chocolate iced jam donuts. I guess I'll have both. Sorry, Kip. <laughs> uh, jam and cream donuts from the Dunsborough Bakery are the gold standard, says Kim Ferguson Cartwright, who then went into a massively big conversation with someone about that uh, yeah. Dunsborough Bakery. Terry Daniel said, jam for me, please. Two double L- Lydia says, jam. Roz says, cinnamon. Roz. Uh, <laughs> Charlene says, hot jam donuts. Oh, man. Uh, sorry, you are. You, oh, you're doing, uh, you're yeah, doing that sorry, one. I had the wrong page in the wrong place. No, Chill. no, no, you're doing that one. That's Which all you. One? That one, the one with the big photo down the bottom. The that's one. You. That's you. <laughs> I say I've c- stuffed up the colours. Oh, so shall I do all that one? Yeah, then? yeah, right. that whole page. So- <laughs> Suze Landry says, jam, it's taken me all day to decide. Glenn, well, Paddo, cannot decide. So uh, not going to make a decision, he says. Karen, jam. Michelle, hot jam donuts. Lee, chocolate iced jam donuts for me are the best of both worlds. Rachel says both at different times. Stephen says, "Mm." Mm. (laughs) Lisa says both. Colin Vickery says, it's a picture of, what's his name? Is that Bob Bob Marley? Marley. We're jamming. We're jamming. We're jamming. Stuart says, oh, well done. Now I'll be pondering all this all afternoon while craving both, but jam every day. Yeah. Kerry says, Piper voted ice 24-7. There was a lovely photo of Piper. Oh, yes. Uh, with a big ice. Oh, she's beautiful. Yes. David says, jam with hopefully mock cream inside. Mm, mock. Jane Kendi says, pink ice donut, no sprinkles. The, the end. end. 
<laughs> Bill, I see your pink donut. Donut, I'll raise you a pineapple nice one. Nice photo I too, know Bill. about these pineapple ones. No, no, no. Adam, I'm not a donut racist. I love them all. That's good, Adam. Junior, pink iced jam donut. Lucy Lou, jam every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Tim says there are uh, hot, they're hot, they're fresh, they're hot American donuts, cooking, baking all the time. Um, look through the glassy windows and see them being made. Oh, yeah. Mm. Darren, ice donut, not a fan of jam. Wainwrights. Oi. Wainwrights, they're following. Has to be ice donuts for me, but I say that with a heavy heart. <laughs> I love jam donuts, but they fall down on two major counts in my eyes. Firstly, a hot jam donut is a positively evil ball of lethalness just waiting to damage you. And he goes on. You bite into that beautiful sugar-laden case, only to be confronted by a jammy centre that is deadlier than the core of the Chernobyl reactor. <laughs> It then explodes like a Death Star after two <gasps> photon torpedoes go right down the vent shaft, laying waste to anything in its path in a fashion Mount Vesuvius would be proud of. <laughs> in other words, it burns your throat. Yeah, it does. It squirts into your mouth and leaves it hanging with dead <gasps> skin that feels like mozzarella cheese. It does. Yeah, ponder that for a moment because that's exactly what it's like. Or, or, even worse, it goes the other way and takes to your fingers like molten lava. <laughs> this is excruciating and can only... Be of benefit if you're planning a life of crime as it removes all traces of fingerprints. <laughs> and there is the elephant in the room. And this is a really good point that I hadn't thought of. Wayne, you're a genius sometimes. There is no hole in the middle of a jam donut. <gasps> True. That's the very essence of a donut for yeah. Wayne. And not having it is like having a beach without sand <laughs> or a will without relations. <laughs> Or a Friday food pile without wine. <laughs> Homer Simpson always goes for the ice donut. The man is a goddamn expert in the field, so I'll side with him. Oh, yeah, I see your logic there, Wayno, and I agree with that. But having said that, I probably would favour the jam, but it has to be at the footy from a food truck. Yeah. I think my friend Fran said that. Yeah. It has to be from a food truck, hot, piping hot and freshly rolled in that sugar and cinnamon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you, know what, um, you know where donuts would be cooked perfectly? Where, Kevin? In the f air fryer. The air fryer. Are you going to have a go at that? I'm thinking it wasn't until one of the comments. And look, well, we had so many that we couldn't read them all out. And thanks for the photos thank and the you. emojis and all that stuff. It was fantastic response. But someone did mention coming hot out of the air fryer and I went, well, Bing. that could be the next instalment in the Galloping Gutsometer, oh, which is just going through the roof. I'm not sure the Galloping Gutsometer oh. has any more to give. No, I think he's got plenty more, plenty he, more in the arsenal. He gave at the office. Got a massive <laughs> he arsenal. It. He's got a <laughs> massive arsenal on him. Uh, thanks to Cheese Links. Uh, thanks to Janet. Uh, Cheeselinks.com.au. This has been the wackiest this. one for a while. Uh, well, World of Sport was organised chaos. And so is this. 52821984. Have a great week. Thanks to Janet. <laughs> thanks to Cheese. Thanks, thanks to Sandy Roberts. Thank you, Kevin. And that's it from the wide world of sport. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips, and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.